past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant and we're glad you're here today. You are going to be glad you're here again today because we have a great speaker who's going to be talking about how we can do one of the things that many of us dread, which is networking. And Berta Medina Garcia is a trainer, but she's also a coach and a speaker. And and Berta, you just have this wonderful air about you that makes me know you're going to help people figure out how to finally do networking in a genuine way. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Marie, for having me. I'm honored. Yes. So you help people kind of shift their perspective and think differently about things. And a lot of us need a perception shift when it comes to thinking about networking. It's one of those areas that we dread and we tend to think about it in a way that isn't productive. So tell us a little bit about how you define a network. Sure. So a network really is is just an an interconnection of, of people who want to be able to support each other in their businesses. Now, the, one of the interesting things about, about networking is that very often we are out there networking, we're meeting new people, but it, we don't realize that we're not networking for the purpose of selling a service or selling a product. We really, networking is really for the purpose of establishing a new relationship. And I always say, if you're doing it for any other reason than to start a new relationship, you're doing it wrong. Yes. So it is mutual support, but we start with the relationship because, of course, we can't have mutual support if we don't have that relationship first. Absolutely. Now, a lot of people right now are trying to attend networking events, most of them virtual. So tell me a little bit about how often we should be trying to attend events and, and what that might look like today. Yeah, and I that's a great question, Marie. And I think especially now that we're in this virtual scenario that we're in, it, it becomes both easier and harder for a lot of people. You know, we're used to that that human connection when we're with people. We're able to enjoy. It's, it's just a whole different atmosphere. The good thing is that the more accustomed we get to this virtual world that we're all living in right now, the more we can personalize the experience. And very often, it's not that you have to do it all the time, but it is very, very important that you are networking at least once a week, if at all possible, especially now that we're not limited by geography and we're not limited by time or traffic. It makes things much easier, and there's no reason why we can't be attending at least a networking event every week. Now, is this a networking event where there's you know, a lot of people or do one-on-one conversations count in this? Tell us a little bit more about what we should be aiming yeah, for. And- yeah, and I'm and I'm glad you asked that. I'm talking about a networking event where you have a good group of, of people. Usually, they're tailored to a certain industry. Sometimes it's just to to a certain maybe a, a connectivity that you have with other people in the group. But 
that's the kind of networking event that I'm talking about. As far as networking one-on-one, we need to be doing that every day. I think LinkedIn is has been a, a great connector. I think Zoom has also come in and stepped into that role of that connectivity. But as far as the one-on-one interactions, we really need to be doing that as as much as possible. But a networking event, the way that I'm describing it means when you have a group of like-minded people, I don't care if it's five people or a hundred people that are in a space sharing ideas, being collaborative, supporting each other, and really getting to know who is in the room and who you can connect with. So what are some of the ways that you help people find these types of events? And, and, and the event, the good thing is that there are there are so many ways to find it. You know, we have a meetup. Eventbrite has also done a great job about going out there and, and making sure that these, there's a space for these virtual networking events that are going on. But very often what I tell people, uh, like I said, LinkedIn, I can't speak enough about LinkedIn, but very often within our own networks, and sometimes we tend to neglect or, or take our networks for granted, but within our own network, there are things happening that at least one person in your network is attuned to. So just put it out there that you want to know when certain events are happening. And there are events, and I hear this all the time from, from clients or people that are, that are in a presentation that might not be a good fit for you necessarily. But usually, if you can reach out to that, that, that person or those people in your network that you really gel well with, those people will have access to networking events that are going to speak your language, for lack of a better phrase. And those are really the ones that you should be trying to attend. Be, be, be honoring of your time so that you're not just sitting in on everything. Be selective, but at the same time, do make sure that you're getting, that you're getting yourself out there. Yeah, and it's great. I've seen a lot of people talking about how their meetup group has gone online. And of course, you go to meetup.com, you type in your location, you can find groups that are local. I haven't been since this all started to see what the opportunities are to network beyond local, of course, because there's affinity groups um, that you could join that aren't even local. So there's a lot of perhaps more opportunity created by some of these groups going virtually necessarily have to worry about the group in my location right absolutely absolutely and that's the beauty of of what we're in right now i sat in on a on a networking event last friday and there were people from tanzania people from india uh people from every you know country every state in our country and it's just a beautiful way to really embrace bringing people together yeah, and I, you know, it's it's interesting to think about for our, our job seekers who are listening, you know, job search clubs were all the rage and have been for a while, but you were going in person, and now that you can do them virtually, you can find ones that are, you know, maybe specific to your industry or an alumni group, or there's just a lot of different opportunities, and as you said, we try these groups, we see if it's a good fit, and is it something that I, that I want to go back to, is the air and the is it functioning well do do I get to actually meet people and connect with people so if I go to this group and I get the opportunity to talk to someone new how do I truly engage with that new connection 
Yeah, I, I and I think Marie, the trick is 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 really coming from a place of service. At least that's the way that I look at it. And when I when I teach and when I'm training around what I call networking with heart, that message is very very well received because a lot of times we have this misconception that we're going to a networking event, we're going to see who we can find that might be a potential client. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's, it becomes more transactional. Whereas if it's relational, you're going to have referrals and that word of mouth, really ambassadorship that is going to help you grow your business even when you're not in the room. So I think one of the, one of the first things that I tell people is when you're, when you're engaging, make sure that you are, that you're showing an interest in that person. You don't want to just, hey, what do you do? Hey, this is what I do. Here's my business card. Let's move on to the next person. You know, we're talking quality versus quantity. So if I go to a networking event and I start talking to Steve and him and I will be engaged in a good conversation, I'm going to, the best way to connect with him, and you know how they always say we have two ears and, is one, and one mouth, is to really become a good listener. And if you don't have anything else to talk about, I want your everyone that's listening to remember the form questions. You know, you ask about family, occupation, recreation, and their message. And that will keep a conversation going when maybe we don't feel that we have much to talk about. But if you, if you go in there and you just start with, with something simple, like, oh, tell me something about your, you know, do you have kids? something about your family people will light up because they love to talk about that and they're tired of already giving their elevator pitch to everyone else that they've met at this networking event so already you're standing out and then you can ask them you know a simple question like how did you get started you know in insurance if, if it's an insurance person and people love talking about how they got started in their industries and then if time permits you go into recreation. What do you do for fun? Usually there is where you're going to find a lot of a lot of the common ground. You'll find something that you have in common with that person. And then finally, what is their message? So so what happens is, Marie, that, that these people, are their guard is down. You're able to connect with them on a different level. And your follow-up is going to be phenomenal. Because yeah. no one else is asking these questions. <laughs> Well, and they, they bring it to a different place. They open up conversation. And especially for like somebody who's job searching, if you ask, so what do you do? Then people are going to ask back, well, what do you do? And it might get awkward. But if we ask a better question, you know, what do you love doing right now? Or what's really taking up your time that you're enjoying right now? If you ask the question in a different way, people usually ask it in that same way back and you can go a different direction with the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I think especially with with job seekers now, especially given the, the current market, and again, this is something that can happen at a networking event. You just build a good rapport. A lot of these virtual networking events will have breakout groups and there might be two or three people in one particular breakout room and it's just enough for you to get to know each other but but making sure that you're following up is going to be the key and based on that conversation you know especially for a job seeker you want to show that interest in the other person and you want to never leave a conversation with a new connection without asking them you know how do i know if someone is a good fit for you 
and give them the opportunity, especially when you know or if you know that you're a job seeker yourself or somebody is 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 in that position where they're because chances are you know someone that might not be a direct, but that person might be someone who can lead them to someone who might be able to offer them a position. So again, that coming from a place of service, coming from a place of total curiosity, you know, many times, and, and, and I do, I love the, the reciprocation when you ask people and, and what do you do when you ask all these questions, they become very interested in knowing about you and in learning about you. So very often what will happen is in the follow-up where we can, you know, refer back, hey, if they, if they mentioned something about a, one of their kids who was graduating or, you know, they were on their way to, to watch their kids' championship soccer game or something, you know, write those things down so that when you have that follow-up conversation, you can bring it up and they feel very listened to. And then yeah. what that does is it adds, yeah, it adds another layer of, of connectivity, which is so important. Yeah, well, we're going to pick it up off of that when we come back in just a few minutes and talk to our listeners about how they can follow up and how they keep that relationship going, which is often people's biggest challenge. What do I do next? What do I do after that? So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice of America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello, and welcome back to The Career Confidant, and we're excited today to have 
Roberta Medina Garcia talking about networking. And as you were talking about, you know, that we should be attending one week, one event a week, I thought, oh, am I doing that? And, you know, part of the beauty of running an association, uh, I run Career Thought Leaders uh, Association for Career Service Providers. And I, I bet I've hit that because we're about running one event a week right now. But professional associations are a great way for all of us to make some of these connections. Meetup groups might be following a professional association, or of course you can just Google it. And it's always amazing to me um, that there's like a professional association for everything and usually a state, a local, a national. So there's lots of opportunities there to connect. And we were talking about what questions people should ask. And I don't know if there were any last questions that you were gonna share that people should ask when they're at these events. Yeah, sure. And I and I think one of the one of the most interesting questions to leave people with, you know, in, in addition to that, how do I know if someone is a really good fit for that? Because that's going to get your their attention. If nothing else in your conversation has gotten their attention, they're they're gonna that's gonna put them on alert that you really are in a position to be able to refer somebody to them, uh, whether it's a client or or another key connection. And another thing that I always like to ask is. Tell me the one thing that you want people to know about you. Because then mm-hmm. as soon as we finish that conversation, it's going to start triggering in my head as the listener, you know, actually, I, I know two or three people right now that I can connect this person with. Yeah, and I, I think one of the other things I'm thinking about when I first started to go to networking events is that if someone had asked me that, you know, how do I know if someone is a good fit for you, I might have been able to answer that, but I probably would have also realized that, hey, I need to get a little bit more focused. And there's a lot of value in that, too, for people realizing what they need to do if they're going to go to some of these networking events is really be ready to ask some of these questions and be ready to share what they can give and what mm-hmm. they're looking for out of the, the event for other people to give to them. Absolutely. And and, and having a very clear and concise positioning statement uh, is, is, is key for anyone and, and, and particularly for those who are in, in, in that space of, of seeking for that, that perfect position that they're looking for. Very, very clear, important to be able to clearly, um, you know, within seven or 10 seconds, just say, you know, what it is that you are, that you would be looking for in a connection. Mm-hmm. So after we get the, the conversation going, and I, we were thinking about this at the break too, virtually. So in person, we might ask for the person's card. I always tell people to ask for their card because then you have the information to be able to follow up. Giving absolutely. them your card gives them the power to follow up or not, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, absolutely, you control the follow up. <laughs> yeah, but in virtual, so if I'm here on Zoom and I'm chatting with someone, do I ask them for their email? Do I just get on LinkedIn and find them and send a connection request? What do you think and what are some other ways that people can connect when they're networking virtually? Yeah, and that's that's a great question, Marie, because there's there's always that awkward, you know, can you give me your email, right? And and I and I want listeners to understand that that's not even awkward anymore. You know, again, it's much more organic when you're in person. And I always say, you know, when I go to a networking event, if there are five people, I take five business cards. If there are a hundred people, I take five business cards because I'm not there to hand out my business cards. Like Marie said, I'm there so that 
so that I, I can capture the business card and control the follow-up. Now, in a networking event, when you're in a good networking event, the host typically will say, you know, listen, everyone who's here, we want to be able to connect with each other. We want to be able to follow up. You know, go ahead and drop your, your LinkedIn link on the, on the chat share your email if you're comfortable with it and if they don't offer that right away because it is a networking event don't feel don't be shy you know go on to that chat room and maybe maybe give a little nudge to the host privately and let them know listen are you going to ask everyone to share their their at least their linkedin and and what i do is when i see you know how you can see everyone on the screen i i write down everyone's names in case that host forgets or that wasn't the intention to connect people that way, I at least have the name of everyone that was in the Zoom room. And 90% of the times, I can their names are what's going to appear when I look them up on LinkedIn. And then I can follow up with them that way. But I, my, the, the follow-up is everything. I, I know with, with clients and when I've had these trainings, they tell me, listen, I network all the time and I'm just not getting results. And then I'll ask them, what's your follow-up process? And when they look at me like a deer in the headlights, I know that that's what's missing. And the follow-up has to be, you know, if you if you had a great conversation, something that stood out to you from that conversation. And if you didn't, because as we were mentioning before, we're in a in a in a room with several other people, you know, get on LinkedIn, send them a message, and invite them to schedule a call with you. If you don't already have it, I know most people do. Get some kind of a calendar scheduling link that you can easily drop in a messenger on LinkedIn or whatever the other platform is that you're using and have them schedule some time with you and just schedule a 15-minute call. I I can't tell you how many 15-minute conversations I've had that have led to just beautiful relationships. But it really is making, taking the time to be intentional about that, that step of following up let them know how you met. Hey, it was great seeing you on, you know, Marie's networking event last night. Uh, really great content. I'd love to connect. And then just start that conversation going. And once you do and they get something scheduled, then everything everything can go from there. But again, from a place of let me just be really curious on what this person is going through right now and how I can serve them. That should be the only thing that we're thinking at the beginning. Yeah, and I see people doing a really good job of networking in the chat, even when I'm doing a presentation, not necessarily a networking event, and people are talking in the chat, and they're responding to other people's comments or questions, and Mm -hmm. it it gives that kind of networking feel, even Mm -hmm. if they can't necessarily talk to each other as part of the format of the event. So, lots of opportunities there, like you said, to find that person and connect with them, but they're going to remember you even more if you interact with them in some way in the chat, if at all possible, and kind of watching that chat and responding and making sure that if you are in an event like that, that you're in the chat asking questions or even just saying, great point, you know, people see your name and it gives them an opportunity to say, oh, hi, you know, um, Mm -hmm. at the beginning of those events, introducing yourself and saying, hey, I'm so-and-so from such-and-such and I work with these types of clients really short so that you're not taking over but you're giving Mm -hmm. yourself that opportunity to be seen even in a virtual event 
Absolutely. And Marie, I'm glad that you said that because I think that as people who are doing trainings and webinars, and I do that every time, you know, sometimes I, I want to honor the people that are, that are showing up on time. But I also want to honor those people that might be five minutes behind because they're having a technical issue. So instead of ru- running straight for the content, I might open that space if it's a seven o'clock webinar right at seven. I'll say, well, let's see who's here. Do you want to chime in and take a moment to just, you know, briefly introduce yourself in 30 seconds, who you are, what do you do? And that fills up the, the time space. And at the same time, it gets people engaging. And then as people start chiming in, we get started. And then at the end, I always close off. And this is why, why I love that you mentioned that. If it's not distracting to whatever content is being shared, yes, there's always, there's always room for, for a conversation on the chat. But, but as hosts of these webinars, we should be always encouraging people because every event that we are with someone else in the room, to me, is a networking opportunity. So we should, as, as hosts, or as trainers, you know, invite people, listen, you, you, saw, you heard some great questions here. Everybody that's here, try to connect. These are the names. If you don't mind, I'll, I'll share the names. Drop your, your LinkedIn. Because just because it's not a networking event doesn't mean that it's not a networking opportunity. Particularly that usually people that are signed up for the same type of webinar are going to be like-minded to some capacity. Right, yeah, and calling out for those opportunities so people don't feel so awkward. Maybe we say, you know, oh, everyone share your LinkedIn or your email or whatever in the chat, and then it it creates that opportunity. Okay, so what do we do to maintain these relationships? Because sometimes you do the follow-up, and then it's kind of awkward. Like, when do you yeah. touch back, back, and how do you do that? I, I love this, Maria. This is my favorite part of, of of networking, and really, this is something that we all need to be paying attention to. So, I am very, very intentional about connecting people. I, I I love what you know. People say that's my superpower. So, I do what 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 I call you know mutual introduction emails. Um, I, I like it's a metric. I keep track, and I and I do them all the time. So what happens, Marie, is exactly what you're saying. You know, in, 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 in another world, we would go, maybe schedule a coffee meeting, have some coffee, and then if, if no business directly comes from that, then that's it. You might run into them again on a networking event. Same thing might happen now in the virtual world. So what I do is, and, and what I tell people that we need to be doing is everyone in your network is at every networking event with you. You know, when I walk into a networking event, whether it's in person or virtual, everyone that I know, everyone in my tribe is there with me because I am connecting with, you know, four realtors and I have someone in my tribe who's a real estate attorney. Okay. I'm the best way for me to stay top of mind with these people is to constantly offer mutual introductions. And what happens is, I, and, I'll, and I'll share this with you, Mary. I have, uh, Maria, I have a, 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 a CPA who I connected with early on, maybe five years ago at a networking event, Rodolfo. I saw him twice. But Rodolfo is someone who I really, really trust, and I know the caliber of CPA that he is because I've made so many recommendations and people come back to me. So Rodolfo and I may not see each other, may not have seen each other in quite a while, but I'm always on his radar because every time I run into someone who's a good fit, I'll send, I'll send a mutual introduction. Always grateful, always he's, 
I, I always, he always remembers me. And that's the way that we stay on people's radar. Again, there are many other things we can do. We can send, you know, articles of interest and we can just send a hello email every now and then, but nothing is going to resonate and nothing is going to have the power that that sending someone a beneficial connection is going to have. That's going to put you on a whole different level in the eyes of that person who's receiving that connection. Because yeah. we all know the, the biggest compliment is, is, is to get a referral. I'm not telling you that this person is going to become a client, but this person, will, chances are, has access to another huge group of people where you could find maybe a potential client or someone you can collaborate with. And what happens is you create this, just this tribe of, of feel-good, let's see how, how much we can support each other, and then it becomes... Hey, are you kidding? And I and this happens to me all the time. When I'll go back into a networking group or a mastermind group, they'll say, "Guys, we're falling short. Berta sent out fifty mutual introductions last week. You know what's that? And I'm not keeping score and I'm not keeping track. But in their mind, I am that connector, and I do it. I don't accept referral fees. I, I say that all the time. I don't need a slice of anyone's pie. But you know what? I don't know if the only conduit for these two people to meet was me. And I've had million dollar business deals come from a a connection that I've made. And I'll do that all day because that's (laughs) in someone's world, you know? So tell Um, people how they can find you, connect with you and learn a little bit more um, from you, Berta. Where, Where can people find you? Sure. So the the easiest way is is Berta Medina on on LinkedIn. That's B E R T A M E D I N A. That's also my website, and then my company, which is Dreamers Succeed. Uh, it's Dreamers Succeed on Facebook. Dreamers Succeed on uh, again on LinkedIn, and Dreamers Succeeding on Instagram. I don't I don't play on Instagram much, but uh, but I know we have to have it. But usually, just LinkedIn is the, is the best way to connect with me or the website. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise. And those of you who are listening, sure. you know that we're going to say goodbye to Berta, but we'll be back um, to kind of tie some bows around this and give you some other thoughts, especially if you are job seeking or working with job seekers. So thank you, Berta, and we'll be Wonderful. right back thank here you, again Mary. next week. And thank you so much for all that you do. Take care. Yeah, we'll be right back here on The Career Confidant. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. 
How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Berta Medina Garcia's Garcia about networking and this is a thing that we all struggle with um, whether you're a business owner or a job seeker you think okay I know I need to go out there and talk to people but what do I do and how do I make it work for me one of the first things that we can do is really think about how do you like to connect with people already and what is comfortable for you I've worked with a lot of job seekers, some of whom going and talking to someone brand new was really more comfortable. And that's great. In that situation, we want to be careful about thinking that those people that are brand new are going to be able to do something for us really quickly. We have to build those relationships. It's going to take some time. And that can be exciting and it can be really strategic. So meaning that we can go and and connect with people directly who are either in our target companies if we are a job seeker or within some kind of target group if we're in business. So we can kind of go right to the source. It's going to be cold. So we're going to have a little bit less uh, response rate. We might have to have a bigger pool of people that we're targeting. And even though we're approaching these folks cold and we're being really targeted with who we connect with, we still want to take this approach that Berta was talking about in terms of building the relationship first. It's, It's all about that relationship first. How can I connect with this person and really be you know mutual mutually beneficial looking for ways to help them to learn about them and to connect resources to them not make it all about me so one of the biggest challenges when you're first starting a business or looking for a job of course is that we need things we need a job we need business when we make it all about us when we're having these conversations people figure it out right away and boom they're gone This especially is going to happen to us via email. So we're going to have to approach some of those conversations very carefully, connecting, learning, maybe even following that person for a while first, and then reaching out when I have something specific to say 
or reaching out after I've already connected to them in different ways and kind of made myself known. So uh, while I was getting ready for this show, I was reading a post by Byron Clark, and Byron Clark is a big LinkedIn advisor. He he does a lot of great content, and he posted something just a few hours before the show started about how someone shared his articles through Facebook, but this could be through any platform where you are active and tagged him. So, of course, he knew that they were sharing his articles and then they reached out to him. That's a great way to become known by someone before you even reach out. I had someone reach out to me on LinkedIn called uh, yesterday and said that they had read my article and wanted to connect so they didn't miss the other things that I was doing. Flattery, if appropriate and authentic sounding at least, can go a long ways. So you can use some of those strategies to connect to someone cold. You do your research, you find out who they are, find out where they're active, and then start connecting to them by sharing their content, liking their content, commenting on their posts. If they're active on social media, those can be great ways to make that connection. You can also reach out to people cold and ask them you know, to talk with you more about what they do. Take that curiosity approach that she was talking about and you want to learn more about them or their company or how they got to where they are because you're you're trying to figure out your own path. People are happy to help. They want to help. And in some ways, part of the gift that you're giving back to them is that we all feel better when we get to help someone. As Berger was talking about, you're also going to ask for specific ways that you can help them and you're going to continue to look for those specific ways that you can help them as you go about your your regular day so thinking about if you've got people in your network that have been helpful to you or that seem like they're in a position to be helpful for you you start to start in the ball by helping them and you can't do it with the expectation that they will do it back but it's a great way to get known a great way to build your visibility with that person and to build some goodwill and then it's all about building that relationship continuing to do that and finding opportunities that you might be able to connect with them one-on-one so that you can really build that rapport become known know a little bit more about them and find even more opportunities that where you'd be able to offer some of that value now job seekers often feel like they don't have anything to offer that's not true you know people that you can connect to other people you know resources you may have more time to read Uh, someone was saying this on my class this morning I think that you may have more time to read than they do so you could forward them articles in the industry or articles that might be of interest don't want to overdo it there but there's an opportunity for you to add some value in different ways by using what you do have by sharing things that are in your network already by sharing uh, things that are in your resource bucket already and by always finding an opportunity to ask that person what else, what other ways that could you help. Great way to think about this as a job seeker too is a recruiter is always looking for someone. 
talent. And if we're really paying attention to what that recruiter is doing, my guess is that we might have a colleague or a, a, a former colleague who could be a good fit for something else that recruiter is hiring for, even if it's not us. That way we can make that connection and we can keep our visibility with that recruiter even when they don't have any positions open that are a good fit for us. It doesn't have to be about us, right? It can be an opportunity to connect for a different reason. And and that keeps our visibility without us having to ask, you know, hey, what do you have for me? We could say, hey, I saw that you're hiring for this position. I'd be happy to connect you with this person if you think they look like a good fit. Don't maybe in that instance want to make the connection without asking and throw it out there to that recruiter. You're staying in their inbox without talking about yourself or asking about yourself um, in that conversation. One of the easy ways to create good conversation is asking great questions. And Berta talked about that a little bit. And just to reinforce that when we ask a question, people usually ask that same question back. So you want to think ahead of time before you go to an event or jump, jump on a virtual event, what questions could you ask that would get people talking or chatting that then would give you the opportunity to share some of that same information back. So if you are not employed right now and you ask someone else, so what do you do? They're gonna ask you back, so what do you do? And that might be okay if you're ready and interested in answering that question, but it might take it down a road that isn't beneficial for you. So instead you could ask, hey, what projects are you working on right now? Or what do you see coming next for your company? questions that would give them some opportunity to talk and then they might say well no you know what do you see coming next if they ask for your company that might be another awkward place so you're really thinking about how you want to formulate these questions what questions you want to ask and then what do you want to give to people in these groups before you even go you're thinking about that what resources can you share you what types of things have you been reading that they might find interesting what questions can you ask? Who might they want to meet? Then you get to ask them those questions and already maybe have some things prepared in your mind that you can share while you're there. Very importantly is the follow-up. And this is a huge Achilles heel for all people. <laughs> and when I, I was reading something about vendors going to conferences and how 80% of them don't follow up. So you go, you pay for a vendor table, you do the gimmicks to get people's names, and then 80% of those vendors don't follow up with the people that put their name on it on the sheet or put their card in the bucket. Be the person that follows up. And this means that before you go, you have set aside time the next day for that follow-up and you don't need to overdo it meeting people in the session or in you know at the event because you can only follow up with so many people so you don't need to overdo it in terms of quantity because you're going to overdo it in terms of quality by following up afterwards we're going to take a short break and when we come back we'll talk about a few more ways that you can improve your networking we'll be back in just a few minutes
business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Berta Medina Garcia about your networking strategy and how you can be more genuine and she talked a lot about questions that you could ask i'd encourage you you know the show will be up as a recording shortly and you go back and listen to some of those questions take notes if you didn't the first time because that is gold the questions that you ask people always focus so much on what they're going to say and that is important because when someone asks you a question back you want to have a concise answer as she was talking about you want to be able to say you know, who would be a good fit for you and, you know, one, what one thing should people know about you? You want to be able to answer those questions, but people will remember you because they liked you and people will like you when you aren't so focused on ourselves. So if we are asking great questions, it shows interest in the other person, it gets them talking, and they just remember that, wow, that person made me feel so welcome. And if you are one of those people who hates these events, this is kind of your um, secret sauce, that you can go into these events and be that person that makes other people feel comfortable by asking questions seeking out those people that look uncomfortable and asking them a question you know they'll be able to answer. What do they do for fun? What are they passionate about? What what projects are they working on right now? Right, Anybody can answer that because it's not about work. It could be about home. Whatever is on the top of their mind. So if we have those great questions ahead of time, it just makes it so much easier for us all to catch up in our thinking and to be present because we're asking the question and listening instead of wondering about what I'm going to say. When I ask the question, 
then I've already thought about what I'm going to say to answer that question. So I don't have to be sitting there thinking about what am I going to say while they're answering. I can be completely focused on them. And that actually increases your charisma. People will think you're more charismatic by that one thing that you actually are present and listening to them than anything else. So when we think about our our networking and Berta said doing an event a week, you might think, oh, that's a lot. But my guess is you're already doing some of that right now. If you're working for a company, you're going to meetings are you using those to maintain and build your network? Are you connecting in the chat with other people that are there? Even if they're coworkers, right? That is networking. You're nurturing those relationships. You're doing the, that work to make sure you have those relationships solid for you and for those colleagues should something happen to either one of you. If you're in business, you're probably doing this or maybe you were before COVID and now you've been struggling. How do I do this virtually? Go onto the same platforms you were using when you were doing business in person and find what's going on with those organizations virtually. They're doing things, your chamber, your meetup groups, your professional associations, things maybe even more accessible now than they were when you had to go in person because you can get into things that aren't in your location. You can connect specifically to the groups that you want to connect with by doing the research and finding those groups that are connecting virtually. So finding those groups really shouldn't be the challenge. Then you're doing your follow-up and you're doing those one-on-one meetings afterwards. And Berta was talking about how we might have one of those meetings a day where we're connecting with people to follow up from our, our networking event. We're connecting, we're learning about them. We are focused on the relationship and then how can I help them? And as I'm doing that over time, I'm keeping my visibility with that person. They remember what I do because it's obvious in, in our communications and it's not, it doesn't ever have to be about me, it's about them. So as I'm sharing those resources, sharing that information, sharing those referrals, I'm always staying connected in a way that is easier than me trying to figure out how do I stay connected. And as a job seeker, you can still do this. You're talking to a hiring manager at this company. You're thinking about what could be beneficial for them. Maybe once a week, I'm, I'm sending them an article or connecting them to someone else that might be beneficial. They do business. Just because they're employed doesn't mean that they don't need things. They might need a supplier relationship or a, a, another type of employee that might be helpful to them some other type of connection so you're looking for those opportunities may not be every week with every person but to find those opportunities to connect on a regular basis and offer that value what do they need what might be helpful to them I'm asking those questions when we first connect continuing to ask that question as at a as it is appropriate and that's always my mindset what can I do what can I share that might help these people out in my network so then as you're doing this you're thinking okay I'm starting to get some people right I'm starting to collect some relationships that I want to nurture and how am I going to do that Am I going to use a spreadsheet? Am I going to use a customer relationship management program? What am I going to do to manage these people and make sure that I'm keeping them top of mind? 
you know, as Berta said, I, she takes her whole network with her to a networking event. How am I going to remember who it is that I might want to refer people to? And having a good system where I've tagged people by some kind of category or industry where I can think, oh, I know that this person would be a good connection for someone. I can't quite remember their name. So I can go to my system. Maybe that's LinkedIn. Maybe it's a, a different customer relationship management system and I can find them easily. So for a while I was using Capsule CRM as a way to kind of track and manage relationships as well as even some of the the students in our training programs. I just moved over to using Dubsado, um, D-U-B-S-A-D-O, Dubsado. Similar does some of the similar things that I liked with Capsule where you can program it to alert you that you need to follow up with people after a certain amount of days. Um, so finding that system that works for you to maintain relationships may not be as onerous if you're just getting started. But you want to think about how am I going to start keeping track of this so that I make sure I'm staying connected regularly with people and it's easy for me to find that person who I know would be great for this person to connect with even if I can't necessarily pull the name off of the top of my head um, as I'm just getting started or as my network gets bigger. How am I going to search and find those people? You can do the same thing in an Excel spreadsheet. Whatever works for you but make sure you can search it. In LinkedIn, you can go just into your network and filter just your network. Keeps your search result limits <laughs> under control because LinkedIn will start to limit you. Um, but if you're just searching within your network first, you'll be able to do some filters and find those people that you want to connect with again or that would be a good connection for someone else you're talking about. LinkedIn doesn't let you as easily now without paying kind of program it to remind you to connect with folks. So you may want to find a different system for doing that. Networking and maintaining our relationships and nurturing relationships is key. Starting with that curiosity of who is this person and what what about them can I connect to? Where can I find those connection points? And then leading through to how can I help them? What can I do to continue to offer value so that we're staying connected in a way that is of service to them? And I love that heart of service that Berta was talking about and really our opportunity to network and build relationships with heart. Next week, we're going to have some more insights from, from uh, another superstar in business development with Wendy Steele. She's also a coach and a resume writer for Job Seekers. So you're going to get a lot out of joining us next week to hear from her. In the meantime, if you have someone else you think we should talk to or a topic or a question, feel free to reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. And we'll look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.